0: Man, if you are a War Machine fan, do we've got something awesome to talk about today. Yes. And if you're not a War Machine fan, you're going to be because today's topic, Iron Kingdoms, is dope as hell. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian.
1: And your co-host, Brandon.
0: We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Holy crap, Iron Kingdoms by Privateer Press. I backed this a while ago, and I have been aching for it to release to the public so that we can talk about it. Ta-da. Yes, thank you for sharing that. Uh, so we're going to be making our way through some of the standout features that make this setting absolutely amazing. I read through a lot of content for D&D, but this thing had my dice trembling the entire time. understatement. Right. <laughs> Brandon, do you want to go ahead and uh, introduce people? Uh, what, what is uh, Iron Kingdoms?
1: Iron Kingdoms? Uh, they're kingdoms made of iron... Uh, the lands known as the, as the Iron Kingdoms have been shaped by strong faiths, the acts of the gods themselves, and centuries of conflict. They're home to proud people, uh, peoples whose identity and cultures are inextractably linked with the ground upon which they build their homes you and it, cities. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and although they have, oh, they have survived plague, famine, war, invasion, and the horrors of the claiming, Nice. Yeah. The citizens of these kingdoms and the people of the wilds that surround them know that their greatest challenges may yet lie ahead.
2: And I actually do think it's worth mentioning for the kingdoms. I think the book does a very good job of summarizing each kingdom, Mm -hmm. the kind of people you'd expect to live there. And I actually like the fact that they actually use the kingdoms as an extension to flesh out the human race option, if you will, by having... I mean, their their stats change depending on which kingdom they they come from, and honestly, many stat increases to make perfect sense. Like the guys from like the uh, frozen North Russia
0: like kingdom have resistance to cold damage or yep. harsh winter environments. I love that, and actually, that brings us into a a good starting point. Um, I pulled up on the screen for these, you can see there is a plethora of content in this book. Obviously, we can't be expected to cover all of it. But, man, am I excited to talk about some of our favorite little details. And
1: it's worth mentioning that the
2: uh, PDF is 270 pages, so there's yeah, plenty so of material in so the boy.
0: Um, So, obviously, anytime you're playing D&D or picking up a book, you want to know what makes this setting different than what we're used to, right? Um, and there's certainly something that Iron Kingdom does that just blows me away I want to first start by they remove some spells. There's some D&D spells they just don't allow because it's not part of the setting lore. I think this is a great example for players and GMs who, who want to restrict things. And get, have players that get upset with that sometimes. Right. I think they do that really well. For instance, they've removed basically anything that deals with contacting like uh, other planes and plane shifting and, and magic similar to that effect.
2: Just because it, it's just something that's not as part of the lore of this fantasy setting.
0: Yeah, and that's perfectly okay. Does and, that assume such sort of spells as like banishment? Yes, I would imagine. Um, it keeps it 's very generalized, but you could change banishment to just being like a prison or something it doesn 't have to mechanically you could change it to fit if you want temporal prison yeah, there you go, um, where it locks you out of time or something, but basically the thing is there 's only one plane of existence, so that 's the the big deal right First of all, can I just say how amazing the artwork is? Uh, I was blown away. I love the the mix of science and um magic that is so in in um core to this world science is magic yeah the other
2: thing that stands out is (laughs) fancy mechs
0: yes actually do you (laughs) you want to talk about the uh are you talking about the steam jacks well well, yeah well let's let's dig into the mechanica first so yeah the mechanica of all of the benefits that magic has brought
2: to the people in the iron kingdoms the mechanica a synthesis of both arcane and the mechanical have the most profound impact in other words artifacts will be right at home in this setting. oh absolutely (laughs) hell yes it has revolutionized industry and warfare in every way imaginable, and its innovations continue through new marvels that's constantly being updated. By using magic to overcome engineering obstacles, Mechanica allows for the reliable production of tools and weapons that harness arcane energy and applies them in useful ways, putting the power of the arcanes in the hands of those who might not otherwise have it. Gun Mage. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And many gifted individuals make their livings as arcane mechanics Pr- practicing industrial thaumaturgy in the crafting of potent devices and those with the skills and aptitude to do so are most definitely in high demand.
0: So this this really is something that's interesting because now we've taken a mash of what to me seems like a mix of steampunk of sci-fi and fantasy all kind of compiled into one. And also, not gonna lie too. I definitely thought about
1: the. Um, no, never mind. Let's keep going. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so uh, uh, each page has the gears. Those are pretty. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the layout's really good too. But I would expect nothing less of Privateer Press. So there's a lot to, to really delve into with the, uh, the the characters and the classes. Um, obviously, we can't cover every little thing that's no. in it. So we're going to touch on a, a few of our uh, favorites as we make it through. But one thing, and I think you saw one back here I want to touch on, is something that's unique to this world are called Steam Jacks. Yeah. Um, And this is way cooler than any construct that I've seen before because they're almost sen- semi-sentient. Yeah um they're 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 simplified uh so we're gonna we're gonna dig into that a little bit let's see if i can find some more pictures of the uh steam jacks because i think that they're really really important to this society in yeah. specific because it basically <laughs> it basically does what we're concerned with um in reality is robots taking everybody's jobs right
2: job. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, Steamjacks have their own weapons tables.
0: <laughs> yes, which I think is awesome. So let's talk about uh what a Steamjack is. Jack if you don't camera, know go to, sleep,
1: steam... go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep,
0: go to sleep. <laughs> steam jacks are among the greatest of all of the mechanical wonders, and they have revolutionized warfare, industrial, architectural, and countless other ways since the introduction of the Western uh 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 Imorin, which is I think one of the uh the the area- areas, right? Um labor jacks work In logging camps, freight yards, docks, and construction sites throughout the continent. And every citizen in the Iron Kingdoms is familiar with these fearsome sight warjacks. The greatest weapons of war of the modern age equipped with dedicated military weaponry and most advanced core taxes that the finest arcane mechanics can produce. (laughs)
1: It's like a tank building a house. (laughs)
0: Yep. Very much. <laughs> um, and so it's not wartime. we just... uh, now if you now to just touch on these a little bit before we look at some of the more mechanical aspects, the Steam Jacks combine all the principles of Mechanica, <laughs> demonstrating how the melding of magic and the industry can produce something beyond what each is capable of. Uh, together. So, steam driven engines power the metal chassis, control their cortex, and the steam jacks mechan- uh, mechanical brain all mesh together. Although not as smart, as adaptable as people, steam jacks possess basic intelligence and ability to solve specific problems two properties that combine with tremendous strength and durability make them absolutely amazing not only laborers but tools of war and i think it's awesome (laughs) i really do armored core bc (laughs) so uh i know uh you uh touched on reading a little bit of the mechanics what is something about these uh that you really liked ian um i know you talked about uh the fact that they have their own <laughs> weapons table, which is really cool. Yep.
2: I mean, Oof. I always just like giant robots. <laughs> Do I have to say more, really? I mean, right. I suppose you did GKR. GKR. <laughs> GKR. So uh,
0: so here's a really good example. Uh, we're looking at like, a, a, like steam engine type tank things with flying people on jetpacks and stuff. That shows the combination of... Uh, Mechanica and magic that i think is really cool yeah but i really want to delve into is some of the, the 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 class options uh real quick steam jacks can be powerful allies enemies and just things that are around doing stuff that are just in the way of the players like can you imagine they're so simple um that um they have a specific task and we'll carry that out even if you're in the way and just like pick you up and move you so it can finish its job, which I think is really or just cool. <laughs> Silverwolf says it's steampunk. To me, it's more of a mix of sci fi steampunk and fantasy, more than just steampunk. So it's magic punk. Is that a thing? Yes. Okay, then it's magic punk. And so um for me that's one of my favorite things. Mind you, the lore has been I mean, War Machine's been around for a while. Um it started off as a a, a minis game, right? Yeah. Um which is what D and D started off as, right? So it's actually not, yes.
1: Back then, it was called Chainmail.
0: Yep, and so it's not <laughs> Is unusual. War Machine,
1: like, an offshoot of Warhammer? No.
0: No. They're very... Two games completely plays,
1: separate things. But the gameplay's
0: yes. similar, isn't it? Yeah. They're basically big war, war games, right? And uh.
2: you do assemble and paint minis... <laughs> Mm-hmm. So <laughs> very similar
0: if you like those sort of things, and now they're just kind of mixing them together, like Final Fantasy. Dalcinia nailed That's it.
1: It's actually a pretty good example. Of uh, yep. Yes,
0: especially uh, Final Fantasy 7 I think would be really, really close,
1: right? It seems
2: a quick glance. Um, that, uh, War Machine was founded back in two thousand
0: three. So yeah, yeah. I was twenty years old at this point. Oh, look at that! And the artwork is so nice. So, so kudos pretty. to the team. Um, what? So it's so pretty. I like his sword. It is a nice sword. I, yeah that's all right the steam jack one back here
1: yeah i like his friend too
0: the jack, the jack one. all right so i want to there's something that they did very interesting so every every supplement comes with races and classes and all that stuff but iron kings uh iron kingdoms did something different they added what's called essences brandon do you want to tell us a little bit about essences
1: the Iron Kingdoms are a widely varied place, and characters' natural aptitudes determine as much about their abilities as the parents they were born to and the places they grew up in. <laughs> Quarks. <laughs> <laughs> when creating a campaign, a DM can decide to use the following rules for essence in addition to those for races, classes, and background. Uh, when using these rules, racial ability score increases are not used. Yep. Those values are instead determined by a character's essence and background. Each essence also grants an additional trait and access to feats that have the essence as a prerequisite. Uh. I think that's really
0: interesting. So um, they do take a slightly different approach. Um, And I want to give an example of one of these essences because I think this is a really good um, thing that I would like to see more of in D&D um specifically because it gives what more options more options so let's Uh, talk about this so options when you choose the essence of intellect which is only i think i'll scroll over here so yeah right here the intellectual essence right here that we talk about right (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) <laughs> Just five different characters named sid <laughs> <laughs> how many final Fancies? one for each one anyways so uh with the intellectual for instance uh it's capable of true bursts of genius the characters with the intellectual essence are often exceptionally intelligent and thinking possibly quick and clear and characters with this essence are cerebral thinkers and planners who see all the angles and anticipate the like the best course of action Taken from those with lesser minds.
2: <laughs> and you can also boost any of your um, mental scores by two. Which and great. And they can also ch- choose one of their, their skill or tool proficiencies and double the proficiency bonus. Yeah. And they can pick another one at level 11.
0: And I think that that's uh, uh, really great because... Um... That it expands beyond just what you get at first the, the, when you first pick it up, yep. like is what happens when you get your regular backgrounds and your, your your stuff like your regular things. So it scales and offers additional benefits at higher tiers, which I yeah. think is really cool.
2: And as we already touched on, they can get access to feats that only those with this essence can get, like Pre shit, for example, at the beginning of a combat encounter. If you're not surprised,
0: you like, can
2: choose to go first, so for only initiative, but you can only do that <laughs> once per short hour re- long rest.
0: so... Yep. Uh, Dulcinia, no, not mind flayers, just smart people. <laughs> 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 alchemist, maybe? An artificer? <laughs> Any smart yep. person. That's what I think is cool about it, though. I do think
2: it's interesting, too, that they split up al- alchemist into its own class instead of a subclass. Which, which is awesome, by yeah, the way.
0: It, I liked it. It is. Um, These grenades. <laughs> so, uh, you, could, you already uh, talked about the uh, prescient, right? Yes. Is that what it is? Uh, that, or you can pick up quick thinking. So here we're getting to where everyone that picks this potential essence doesn't necessarily get pick the same features along the way. Yep. Brandis, do you want to tell us about the quick thinking uh, intellectual essence? I can try to. <laughs> okay. We appreciate it. Uh,
1: no? Okay. Your nimble mind enables you to act impossibly fast and take advantage of the slightest hesitation by your enemies. <laughs> uh, you can take one action or bonus action at the end of another creature's turn. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah. You can't use this
1: feature again until you finish a long rest. Okay, so you can do once. that's That's neat. And like the other ones, you can get is battlefield coordinator, genius, Vigilance, but and other
2: essence examples you can get are like a mighty, gifted, agile.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different ones, yeah. and I think oh, that God. that adds to the versatility, oh, yeah. which is something everyone in D and D wants to see more of, right? Mm-hmm. We want more versatility, we want more options, um, and I think uh, Iron Kingdoms uh, Requiem Five E has taken those steps with their slight changes um now there are a lot of essences there are uh, a lot of uh player options but as we said we're limited on time so we're going to go ahead and talk about races
1: how many essences are there uh i have like no six, idea.
0: There's six <laughs> that means there's a other. lot yeah um and each one has multiple options right yeah. so um it gives Much you even shit. more so uh i want to talk a little bit about the races so Ooh. one of the things that i really liked was the uh Ooh, the uh, the organ I organ organ Uh, Ogryn. Ogryn. Um. So, in Iron Kingdom, in the Iron Kingdoms, humans are by far the most prevalent of all the settled peoples uh, of the western Imoran, but they are by no means the only ones, right? Uh, In every city uh, from Uldefrost uh, in the north to uh, Kadar in the sweltering isles of Blackwater in the uh, Shard Islands, a range of other races call the continent their home as well. Humans just are little bunnies and just popping out, <laughs> you know, children like no other, right? Oh, okay. Uh
2: races, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so the clever gob- uh, Gobbers, which I think is a way cooler name than Goblin, by the way. Gob- gobbers. Gobbers. I think that's awesome. <laughs>
1: Fucking uh, Build
0: communities in and among <laughs> human cities. Hulking Ogren, uh, bellow out commands in factories and on dock sides, and the savvy Rulik Dwarf. Uh, mercenaries and traders haggle over price and g- of goods and services in the streets, all while teams of urban trollkin, which is another better name than just troll, uh, <laughs> uh, the trollkin um, uh, uh, patrol their communities, clad in tartan and plate mail. Um, and in some cities, the <laughs> former inhabitants of the shard spires, the enigmatic Nis, which is a really cool one, I, I, I chose Ogren instead of them, but they're really cool too, uh, live among their cousins from mysterious Ios. Almost every permanent settlement in the Iron King- Kingdom's in, uh, home to various people's language and customs. There are seven new races, each with their own unique variations and sub-races in the Iron Kingdoms. Yep. Today we're going to talk about the Ogron. Ian, do you want to give us a little s- bit of a delve into um, that? I can most.
1: Sec- I gotta say, the Ogron... One more. The Ogron image. He's got a gun. And but an axe. It, but it's a fucking cannon. I was going to say,
0: is that a gun or a cannon? <laughs> it's a <laughs> yeah. cannon, melted with leather strap. You know, strap.
2: why did you mentioned that? Because they touch on that in their traits a little bit. Well,
0: good. I mean, let's let's what? hear about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not just get, in the artwork. Get. First and foremost, you,
2: you increase their, their strength score by two and their con score by one. They are seven to eight feet tall, 300 pounds, and, but still medium creature. Walk speed. <laughs> walk speed of 30, has huge stature like the Goliath, which allows... Them to wield two handed weapons in one hand. Holy shit. And when you use a weapon with a versatile property, you use the bigger number. That is awesome.
1: This doesn't have to be two handed for you. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's just this tiny weapon, but it's so big. D10 in the right, D10 yeah. in the left.
2: Okay. <laughs> and they have opposing presence, which allows them to gain intimidation or persuasion. They get mm-hmm. powerful build, which allows them to count as a large creature when determining carrying capacity.
0: This last one is my favorite.
2: Yep, thick skinned. They have a tough hide. When they're not wearing heavy armor, they get plus one to their AC. That screams
0: barbarian. Well, so they're wielding two handed weapons in one hand. Okay, yeah, that too, I guess. they're <laughs> imposing presence. So there's a reason I picked this, because to me, this was a very interesting way to... Because everyone knows a Goliath, this big monstrous creature um, that has all oh. these. But oh. one thing that always felt short short was the stone's endurance they got rid of the extra defensive property and added an offensive property yep. which i think they did very very well although it was worth mentioning they did overhaul stone's endurance though in uh monsters of the multiverse which is awesome that's it was, for another discussion it was needed <laughs> yeah it was. it was it didn't scale enough no. it was good in, like first couple levels but it fell off pretty quick yeah um so that's the Ogrun. all the races have fun and unique abilities which just makes the world building that much better um at least in my opinion um, all right, so um, the, also we couldn't de- delve into uh, all the races, but now we're going to talk about some of the classes. Huh? Um, all the standard classes exist in Iron Kingdoms, although some have you know different roles and levels of social acceptability. Yep. Um, in addition to the standard classes that are presented in the book uh, options, uh, there are several unique ones, ranging from the clever alchemists, which Ian already kind of alluded to, uh, who use simple um, reagents to produce incredible alchemic items, warcasters, skilled and uh, arcanists who can uh, bond with fusion of magic and technology. Um, uh, is the uh, the the mechanic uh, known as Mechanica, and it it grows even beyond that with the Gun Mage, which I thought was really really cool. We made one for the Sorcerer, but they completely took it in a different direction, <laughs> yeah, which is, is just glorious.
2: And they basically treated the gun mage like a warlock with a few extra features, which
0: was kind of nice. Which I think they did a really, really good job. Let's yeah, see did. if I can get some uh, examples up here. I would uh, I would like to talk a little bit about some of the classes, but yes. um, actually, let's just talk about the gun mage, since you already kind of mentioned that and go in a little bit of detail with that. Then go to page 85. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you know what page it is. So over I there. have the
2: glossary in front of me.
0: Oh, awesome. A5, A5, A5. Um, A5. So we'll show this yep. up on the screen for anybody that's watching live. Grenades. Uh, but we'll try to treat it yep. as... Uh, oh, what the fuck? We're talking about the gun mage here. So, first of all, the artwork looks amazing. She looks like she's about to really rip somebody, a new one with that hand cannon in her in her arm. Um, the gun mage is uh, pretty interesting in the fact that, um, as Ian said, it's similar to... It's kind of almost a mix of the warlock and the fighter, yeah. I think. It's a, an interesting balance. You don't have very many spells known. You certainly don't have very many spell slots. At level 20, you have four at six levels. So, they definitely uh have some work there to do
2: interesting um. i'm making their equipment session section two just because obviously they have a little bit more expanded firearm slots but just mm-hmm. looking at their armor it's like oh Orange yeah, slots. yeah. like oh yeah what well well one example was they have like a tailored plate armor as an option here for example and the way that one works is instead of being a straight 18 it is actually 15 plus your dex mod
0: okay that's cool that's interesting um, one thing that they do that I really like is these uh, rune shots, right? Yep. So uh, you basically get to pick two. They kind of, once again it goes back to that fighter thing. Yep. It kind of reminds me of the fighter battle master. You get here's all these little different options, and you can pick a few that you want, whether it's for accuracy, whether it's um to increase your damage or to uh, uh one of my favorites is called the heart stopper. Uh, which basically says this deadly arcane power uh, of this rune uh, etched bullet is intended to bring a swift end um, to your target. When you use this rune on a shot that hits a creature uh, with the attack, the creature takes an extra 2d6 necrotic damage and must succeed a con save. On a fail, the creature cannot gain hit points until the start of the next turn. That is such a utility ability, and the flavor for it is really, really nice. So, uh, was there anything else that you really liked, uh, <laughs> anything that jumps out at you, Brandon, about the uh, gun mage?
1: I'm looking at uh, the rune shot silencer. Okay. trick shot. Uh, silencer. Trick shot or yeah. silencer? Pick one. <laughs> okay, I'll do silencer. Uh, you completely muffle the sound of your shot, and your firearm produces no sound when it discharges. When you use this rune shot and hit a creature with an attack, that creature cannot shout or speak until the uh, start of the, your next turn. <laughs> that sounds that's, cool. It's great against magic users. I really like oh, that. you got some semantics? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Psych! <laughs> so that shows
0: the versatility of this, this class. But once again, you're very limited on how many of the, these you can shoot. Um, but you can, in fact, get them back on a short rest, which is following the warlock trend that Ian was talking about.
2: And it is worth mentioning, too, that many of the uh, classes that use firearms only have one shot. But uh-huh. some of them might... Oh, do you get multi attacks as they level up. Some, not all, but right. me how beefy some of the firearms are on here, though, I don't exactly blame them.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I do think that the uh the fighting style is really cool because it we have the traditional defense one, but the other two, the keen shot and pistol dueling, are unique to the to this book's fighting styles, which is really really good. <laughs> yeah, <We're at> Sid. <laughs> Sid is in the book. What page is that? <laughs> Ninety three. Let's go to the 93. Somebody was talking about Final Fantasy and Sid earlier. Apparently, he's in this book. Or at least the guy that looks like him. There he is. There's <laughs> Sid. It looks just like Sid. He's got the the the, the white hair and everything, right? That's funny. All right. So, um, obviously, I would love to spend all day talking about all the classes, but many of them are done really well. Yeah. Even the expansions to the uh, original classes that are in the book, which is really yep. great.
2: Now they don't, it is worth mentioning they don't expand every class in here.
0: Right. There there was uh a couple ha- were missing.
2: Yeah, they have the Bard, Cleric, Fighter, <laughs> Monk, Paladin, Ranger, and Rogue. So <laughs> and it's also worth mentioning that the original classes that we, t- or we touched on were Alchemist, Gun Mage, Gunfighter, Mechanic. Mechanic, and Warcaster.
1: Yeah. Um uh, I would to say something that I didn't notice while looking through the book. Is uh-huh. the uh, the gears that have the uh, page numbers. Uh-huh. Yep. They're colored based on what chapter you're looking at.
0: Yep. Yes, that's a very subtle detail, and I really liked it.
1: It is very um, nice. All right, so uh,
0: obviously uh, we could talk about classes all day. There's lots of good stuff. Uh... I love this. Um, let's move into one of the other things that I really, really loved about it, adventuring companies. Oh, nice. um, this very much is along the lines of group patrons, I think. Yep. Um, but it's handled slightly different, and honestly, I think it's slightly better – I'm, okay, more than slightly I think it's better than the group patrons that I already loved, right? You join a guild. <laughs> if you're, if you're out the guild gives you benefits. <laughs> it's just like the Harper's. I still the got Harper's. ten minutes. You just nailed it down into one line. Thanks for that. Okay. All right, so what, adventure <laughs> companies. Adventuring companies represent groups of characters bound together for some purpose. A company provides a theme, unique benefits, and loose framework for a group of characters. And there's eight to choose from. Yes. And we're only going to talk about one, but...
2: Yeah, so we're going to skip to one of the examples, which is the Law Dogs. And law Dogs! <laughs> yep. And you can also earn ranks in the companies, too. And using Law Dogs as, as an example, duh, 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 the duh, only duh. thing that's required to join them <laughs> is to be trained in Investigation or Insight which grants you the boon of patrolling streets in your downtime and reaching the locals and serving as intimidating presence against lawbreakers. Mm -hmm. And what's nice is for every number of days equal to the days spent you do this, you gain advantage on your charisma persuasion checks to gain info from the local citizens. That's so awesome. Yep. And as you rank up, one example is is they they can gain special accomplishments. Like with the Law Dogs, once again, they can foil a criminal plot – recover stolen goods, or prevent an innocent person from being wrongfully punished are just a few examples. And as you increase in tiers, the benefits you get, and with, like, law dogs getting up to tier 4, you get you, you, you become a justicar, which earns you legal immunity. And your company has earned so much respect from lawmakers and other such enforcement that you can operate with near impunity. Bearing extraordinary circumstances, you can be immune to reprisal for your actions that occur during your pursuits of a criminal.
0: You hear all you murder hobos? pretend to be a good lawman and you might just get away with it (laughs) oh to be fair it is worth pointing out that you have to earn the right to do it so (laughs) i'm glad you talked on it because that to me that's important it actually has progressive scales and goals you have to achieve in that adventuring group to move forward to gain those benefits yes i think this is amazing motivations for the players and hooks for the dungeon master yeah i think it's just amazing what do you think
1: brandon i think it sounds awesome (laughs) <laughs> a man, a few words. Yeah, I am specifically looking for the page that this stuff is on. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's right there.
0: What? Oh, I just totally skipped back. Whatever. Anyways, um, so I think it's really, really cool. Um, it goes up to multiple tiers, um, which means this could go from low-level game all the way to high-level game. These mechanics are um, uh, applicable, which I think is really, really great, and I totally want to be a Justicar, which is awesome. Um, all right, so um, the... The next thing I want to talk about excuse me is, the last thing we're gonna talk about is rune plates and capacitors. Um I think this is really really oh, <laughs> is. You meet a dragonborn police officer.
2: What <laughs> color is he? Copper. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I cannot believe you, Ian. It was a quote from a group. Get get <laughs> out right now. Get out. <laughs> Alright, Fuck. Uh, All right. So uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, lastly about rune plates and capacitors. Now, rune plates are the uh, – on the surface uh, of magical – Runic is basically a magic runic formula that are uh, you know inscribed on something, right? They are created from rare, magically attuned materials that can harness powerful arcane energies. Mechanica runes are the magical formula inscribed on the rune plates themselves. These runes transform magical energy. Uh, uh, charging the rune plate onto a specific or into a specific arcane effect each rune is a true expression of the arcane mechanics craft and the inscription of different runes upon powerful rune plates allows almost unlimited combinations of magical arcane effects what does that sound like to you guys Artificial infusions that's close Magic item
1: I was I got fucking copper stuck on yes.
0: head, alright. <laughs> yes. They are basically allowing you to mix and match effects to create unique combinations to, in my opinion, further optimize your character to do a specific thing that you want. It's allowing yep.
1: you to make your own magic item as That's
0: basically what it is. Yep. But it's not just you go craft this flame sword, it's I wanna grab this, I wanna grab this, I wanna grab this, and I'm gonna put it all together and get a magic item. I
2: hope the god nothing's bad happens. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Ooh, like they used to do in the earlier editions.
0: Yes. Yes. Actually, um, I like I'm still idea. sorry
1: about that. Yes, yeah, that's fine.
0: <laughs> so, uh, for example, um, uh, the electricianer, uh, the electrocutioner
1: <laughs> uh, electricianer.
0: Uh, rune basically adds electrical <laughs> Uh, uh, damage to a weapon attack, right? Yep. Melee or ranged. Now they do have charges, uh, when you combine them with the, uh, the, depending on the capacitor, is what determines how many charges the magical item will have. Mm-hmm. So there are rarer versions of each of the, 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 the runes, right? And then you have the, um, the, uh, or the capacitors, and then you have the rune plates, like Quicken Armor, for instance. As a bonus action, you can expend two charges. You need an item with a high enough capacitor to hold that. Some of them have one, some of them have more. Um, And the capacitors activate uh, to activate the rune to drastically improve your reflexes. So for one minute, you can dash action and or disengage as a bonus action. So a character doesn't have access to gunning action and might want like a grappler. This is something a grappler would take. Oh, yeah. Because you're limited when you grapple somebody how far you can move. Mm -hmm. So... Picking up a combination of a capacitor to do electrical damage and uh, <laughs> a, a rune to do quickening basically allows you to build a fast running grappler who's not limited like others. And I think that that's
1: fantastic. It just makes me think of like when Vegeta grabs Goku and he's running and just slams him to the ground like, and <laughs> <him." laughs> just drags him through the rocks. <gasps>
0: um, and that's just a, a, a fraction of what this book contains. Oh, yeah. Um, i wish i could talk about it more uh, but we are running out of time and that so much information only so much time yeah um overall what are your guys' general thoughts on this hand me that book
2: i think this would be a fun game to play in
1: using the setting and using the supplement what about you b it sounds like it'd be so much fun uh as a dm uh sure uh, You're not sure? I'm not sure. As a player, I'd fucking love to, because I want to have my own uh, mech. I've I been <laughs> watching Gundam Wing. That's my, my, oh, my thing. Oh, man, it's been so much, so long. Uh, well, they got their own variation of the gun mage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love it. It
0: really blew me away.
2: I think I'm the only person who like, like the anime Knights and Magic.
0: That's an anime? <laughs> I've seen Magic Knight Rager.
2: <laughs> I've seen Escafone. Esca who? Escafone. Escafone. Where'd he fly to? <laughs> Who's
0: that?
2: <laughs> 90s anime where they basically... <laughs> Basically pilot giant of armor, which are basically magic mechs. <laughs>
0: yep. Uh so uh the Iron Kingdoms Requiem five E is honestly everything that you need to delve into the award winning world of Iron Kingdoms. It combines the fantastic setting with the newest edition of Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition, and they really did a good job. A very blow good job. it up. They nailed it. They really did. Um They are so pretty. Yeah. And I'd be lying if I didn't say I haven't been pulling from this for our Planeswalker campaign. (laughs) Anyways, uh, (laughs) I think that that'll pretty much do it for uh, Iron Kingdom's uh, Requiem. There is a a link in the show notes you can check out. Um, if you do consider picking it up, please consider using our link. We do get an affi- a small affiliate commission from that, so it he does help support the show. As you probably have noticed, the video quality is a thousand times better. We did get a new camera, so I want to take a moment to thank everyone who purchased our content, who supports us on Patreon. You really are – there's a big transformation of all this coming, so I'm really excited. Oh, yeah, yeah so um, we're
1: going to yeah, stop yeah. looking like a bunch of nerds in the basement.
0: Well, we're still gonna be a bunch of nerds,
1: <laughs>
0: so uh, I'm really excited for that. Anyways, U T
1: T U T. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So, it's <laughs> a Let's uh, let's let's move on. Uh, before we move on to our honor tips and tricks, I want to take a minute to talk about extraordinary expeditions. Expedition. <laughs> extraordinary expeditions is coming out soon, you guys. I got my copy. Um, I am super excited. Of course, you did.
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna apologize for being excited for our own product, which is awesome. Yeah, I know. He's like, I got it
0: already. Too bad. Um, so it does come out very soon. How soon you ask? May thirteenth. May thirteenth. As of this recording, that is little less than two weeks away. Now, for those of you that don't haven't been following or have missed it, you might be asking yourself, "What is Extraordinary Expeditions?" Well, you can save time and effort by jumping into a game already fleshed with already fleshed out locations encounters maps abilities and stat blocks being a dm is hard work right yeah so why not let us do the heavy lifting so you can have a great time at the table as well extraordinary expeditions is 10 wonderful adventures for levels 1 through 10 that are built on a flexible framework that you can just drop into your own games um, either for a full to build off an entirely entire adventure, you can even expand them into a campaign. You can see some nice artwork right up on the, the front of the screen there. Nice. Uh, thank you for Alicia for putting that up there. Um, it and looks really far-touched. good. We're super, really yeah. excited. Um, we've really done uh, a lot of work and I want to thank the entire team that's been involved in this. You guys have made it uh, look fantastic. I'm excited for it. If you have not if you did not back it and you missed out, please consider picking it up. I promise. It'll save you a lot of work. And no matter what decision your players make, if they, they you set that perfect trap for them to follow the pillowing s- billow of smoke in the east, and they go to the west, you just pop open this book, read the first couple of sec- uh, short segments, barely even need any reading, and you're good to go. They right. won't even know.
1: It'll make sure Jason Voorhees himself delivers it. Who? Jason Voorhees. Who? The villain from Friday the 13th. Because it's I didn't know a, he had a last name It's released on Friday the 13th I'm looking at my calendar <laughs> May 13th is a Friday Wow, that sounds
0: horrible <laughs> Alright, uh, that'll do it um, Let us oh, move on great. to our unearth Tips and Tricks Yeah.
1: And now, what you've all been waiting for Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment Where we bring you new and reusable material For both players and DMs
0: Obviously, I've been making a hard effort to tie our monsters into the topic, if I can, oh, yeah, or yeah, a particular yeah. theme. So today we're going to be talking about the Apprentice Gunslinger. That's nice. All right, so the Apprentice Gunslinger, we're going to start with the origin stat block of the Bugbear, we're going to drop its uh, its shield, so a minus two to AC, we're going to lose the brute feature, the Morningstar, the Javelin, and the surprise attack. Oh no, we're getting rid of the
1: surprise attack. Oh no, but wait, there's some way you made what it. What is th- what is the first new feature we're gonna give it, Brandon? Uh something called focus points.
0: The That's gunslinger
1: has three focus points. It regains all spent focus points when it <laughs> finishes a short or long <laughs> rest. But what are focus points? Is that are those like sorcery? Why games?
0: don't you read the, the
1: next feature and find out? Okay, uh aimed shot. The gunslinger can spend one focus point before it makes an attack to gain advantage on the attack roll because he's taking aim get it
0: yeah i got it <laughs> i hope are you asking them
1: oh i was looking at the camera i forget their <laughs> slides so they don't really see me looking at them
0: um we're also going to give it another ability um uh, black powder backfire the gunslinger can spend one focus point to take the disengage dodge or hide action as a bonus action that's awesome and we've got one more <laughs> yep yes Explosive <laughs> shot.
2: Kaboom, yo. When making a pistol attack, it can spend one focus. Hit or miss, the shot explodes. The target and each creature within five feet of it must succeed on the deck save or take 1d6 fire damage.
0: That's oh, cool. there's our DPS. Yeah, look at you. The, fucking, the fucking melee attack. Kaboom! All right, so let's talk about its new uh, weapon attacks. <laughs> pistol Whip is a melee attack that hits for 1d6 plus 2 bludgeoning. <laughs> uh you, you gotta be able to pistol whip some punks no, pistol whip and <laughs> like of course it, video. <laughs> it's also gonna be a ranged attack that has a range of 30 to 90 feet with a 1d10 <laughs> plus two piercing brandon we gave it one last ability what is this bl- bl- you all know we love reactions so i think you're gonna like this one
1: uh quick draw at the start of the round the gunslinger can use its reaction to make two attacks with its pistol Oh! Oh, damn! Yes, so that's awesome.
0: Uh, there, you can see the beautiful artwork for the layout for the one uh, we've already put this up and released. It's ready to release for our patrons. Uh, they get full lore, stat block, and some beautiful art. Wow, that she's busty! I didn't realize that. So much was, talent! Right? <laughs> um, I didn't realize <laughs> I'm
2: surprised that. You of all people didn't know that. I wasn't. I was, She's I a great.
0: Anyway, so, what do you guys think about this? The, this uh, NBC, this monster. It
1: actually sounds uh, fun.
0: Yeah I, yeah. I really like the uh the quick draw. So um uh, making attacks as a quick draw is the reason we got rid of the surprise feature. Yep. Yeah. Um so anyways, uh it's pretty straightforward, Blow some brains out with your character, it's gonna be a lot of fun. She needs
1: fun. a new job, yeah, she does.
0: <laughs> she needs a new top. <laughs> Alright, uh anything you guys uh specifically can see this being used for? Pirates. They don't have to be in a Caribbean.
1: Nope. Uh I would think a bounty hunter. Trying to come after the party because yes. one specific player fucked up and didn't tell anyone. So
0: part of the uh, the 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 published um, stat block is ways you can use this NPC, and that's one way. Mm-hmm. I much. Of course, yeah. Who doesn't want to get sh- uh, send their characters flying, especially if you don't know, typically use weapons like this? Mm-hmm. You could put this, and this could be an introduction of those unique weapons. Um, somebody from some other area of the world that they haven't visited yet. All right. Uh, that'll do it for our monster, uh, the Apprentice Gunslinger. Once again, if you want to check out the full stat block, the lore, and the variety of ways to use this NPC, head on over to our Patreon.com slash CritAcademy. Brandon, would you like to tell us about
1: our encounter? Oh. Uh, you don't got to... Yeah, you... Well, uh, <laughs> I was, I split this my, a little bit. My jaw's really starting to hurt. For those you who don't know, I had a tooth ripped out like two days ago. Okay. Yeah, that'd
0: do it. <laughs> I'll take this one. We'll give... We'll give you, uh, Ian, this one, and me, and then you can take the magic item. Go ahead. Okay. The Price of a Life.
2: While the characters are visiting a temple during a time of strife, the temple is overwhelmed by victims. The healers are doing everything they can to ensure that they heal and care for as many of the wounded as they can. A recent plague has struck a nearby village in the midst of the strife. A filthy, old, retired, and honorable veteran named Gilbert stumbles in curing his extremely ill wife, Juliana, who's a there? Her eyes are bleeding, and her Holy she's shit. so thin, her bones are showing visibly through her flesh.
0: Gilbert has traveled several days to reach the temple. He seeks healing for his elderly wife. None of the half-dozen village healers he has met has been able to help her. They directed him to a temple upon hearing the temple's leader, uh, Eliza, a cleric, can potentially cure even the most grievous of wounds. Eliza tells Gilbert that the level of healing that she would need to stave off the disease requires a vast amount of power and large collection of diamond dust to harness it. While Eliza has, even, uh, while Eliza has enough materials for a single patient, she believed, uh, she believes it would be best served on a younger person with a much longer life ahead of them. Juliana is elderly and doesn't have much time left anyway. Gilbert is horrified and uses his strength to take the entire temple hostage. He commands everyone the into the <laughs> primary sanctuary and bars the temple doors. With blade and anger, he threatens to burn the entire place down and destroy all the medicines they do have if they don't give Eliza the treatment she needs.
1: For every minute my wife calls I'm killing a hostage... Yeah. No,
0: I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, unless he gives Juliana the uh, care that she needs, he will do anything for her. She is his light. While, uh, while uh, Eliza knows that Gilbert, or while Juliana knows Gilbert is doing wrong, she is afraid of dying. And every thirty minutes that passes, more of the materials are destroyed, and patients die without care.
2: And in all this, Emmeline, a young girl of 12, is to receive the last components for the Greater Restoration Spell to heal her severe wounds. Her father, Clearbold, is at her side and is furious with the couple that are stripping away his daughter's
1: future. What will your characters do?
0: What do you think, Brandon?
1: Man, that's that's fucked up. Yep. But logically, you just kill the man. Just go in there, kill him. I can certainly understand why players would go there. Old person... Punch him in the face, so his throat can kill him. <laughs> so can do that. Okay,
0: but is that along the lines of following the lo- letter of the law?
1: The letter of the law? No, I guess it wouldn't be. So I mean, do you think, you think that even the if person, they did do that and drop save Drop him to the ground, put some cuffs on him, drag him outside and say, hey, you know what? Too bad shit happens. There's, I think it's of, interesting. There's a couple dozen dying people here. You're not anyone special.
0: Oh, that's brutal. Well, um, I would like to say that this is totally inspired by an episode of uh, uh, The Rookie that I watched with my wife. And I was just like, that is an amazing, amazing opportunity. Or the movie John Q. Is it in John Q too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. That's with uh, Denzel, right? Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Only that one with a heart transplant. I do remember that. Oh, man, that was a long time. That was an old one. Yeah. We're old. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I really like this. I think that this is an interesting way and the better you can uh, shape it so that it's not an easy steamroll, the better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, that'll do it for our encounter. Brandon, would you like to tell about our magic item that comes
1: right from the
0: Iron Kingdoms?
1: Our magic item is the Rune Axe of Grey Lords, Iron Kingdoms. Uh, It is a battle axe. It's uncommon and requires attunement. You gain a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. In addition, while you are attuned to this weapon, if you score a critical hit against a creature with it, the target must succeed on a DC 14 con save or become paralyzed until the end of your turn. Brutal!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's savage. Um, critical hits are not super common, but they're common enough that if you hit somebody and they might fail the con save. Now, DC14's not super high. It's enough that it'll fail just as often as it succeeds, but I think that is a really cool weapon, um, and is uh, really... Uh, Especially if you have a multi attack and you crit on the first one. Yep. I think it's a really potent, uncommon weapon. I <laughs> think it rides the line of uncommon and rare, personally. You might not even
1: have to make the concept. You can't <laughs> do a concept if you're dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. Uh, that'll do it for our magic item, the Rune Axe, uh, the Great Lord's Rune Axe. Our Dungeon Master tip is go beyond! <laughs> I didn't want to say the other part because I will get sued. Yeah. So throughout all manner of media, comics, movies, novels, games, pretty much anywhere a story is told, we see examples of heroes going beyond their limits. When a hero is battered, bruised, and fatigued, yet a situation become so dire, they somehow find the strength to continue on. Releasing one last push of effort, this moment can have the audience on the edge of their seat as they know it could make or break the situation in the hero's favor. Unfortunately, this isn't exactly something Dungeons & Dragons really offers. At all. Nope. Which is a shame! since they have the perfect mechanic to allow it. They do. And what is it, Ian? Exhaustion. I know everyone hates Exhaustion. It's too punishing. Well, let's make it worthwhile. So, Exhaustion is a savage debuff that can easily yeah. destroy a character in D&D. <laughs> a level or two isn't so bad, especially since long rest can remove one level of Exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So, why not use it? If we offer that players a choice a chance to potentially alter the game one way or another. Will they take it? What we are suggesting is allowing a character to reco- uh, recover a single use of an expended feature or a spell slot level uh, level up to the proficiency bonus that would otherwise be unavailable to them. We give them the option to go beyond. <laughs> All it takes is risk. Ian, what is the risk?
2: A player who decides to attempt this action must succeed on a DC-10 plus their proficiency bonus, con-saving throw. So it actually gets more difficult (laughs) the more powerful you are. The more
0: stronger you get,
2: yep. On a success, they gain one level of exhaustion and gain access to a single use of a feature or spell of their choice. On a failure, they still succeed, but gain two levels of exhaustion. This allows for a potential epic moment, but at a cost, such as Surprise Fireball. Yes. Yes, Midoriya.
0: Go beyond. Plus Plus strong. Strong. Please don't sue us. <laughs> Clench your butt cheeks. <laughs> Go beyond. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, that punches me. That's because I didn't put my back into that one.
1: <laughs> I, I've actually seen this a few times. Uh, like, especially during, like, death saves. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's guys fighting a boss, and like, oh, I can't do anything. I don't have this stuff. It's, it was like, hey, can I sacrifice a death save to let her have another spell slot, and then junk DM's like, oh yeah, sure, we'll do that. And then she rolls high and gets that, gets that one shot in, and they're like, yeah, we did it. I like that the idea a lot. Or a
2: fighter getting in the extra action surge.
0: Yeah. And so um, this is left kind of open. I didn't put any of the real limitations on it other than a feature of their choice. Yep. But I think or that what's interesting, what I think is interesting, is they're going to gain a level of exhaustion regardless. Yep. And so that's the trade-off. The question of how bad. It's how bad are you really, really want to make that sacrifice. Break. And I think it's a really interesting way to do it. Um, and, man, it's it's a choice. Because you're talking, levels of exhaustion mean your character will probably die way easier. Yeah. So, um, overall, would you guys ever, what do you think about having this in your own game? That'd be really interesting. I would allow it. So the real question is, is would you, the audience, allow it? And and this one that we always stress too. If your players can do it, so can monsters. <laughs> uh, all right, that'll do it for wow. our d Monster d our DD Dungeon Master tip. Go, <laughs> Go beyond. beyond! Plus Ultra! Please don't sue me. Lawsuit. <laughs> <Plus> <laughs> <laughs> Go beyond! Right to the courthouse! All right, our player tip of the podcast is: don't, don't be a dick. dick, and you can avoid dickitude <laughs> the with grinder. the laser grinder, or, Brandon, or more accurately, B one with this one. Brandon, would you like to get us started on this?
1: Uh, when a character, when characters are surrounded by a contingent of enemies or even a single big bad, it's easy to want to simply deal as much damage as possible. This isn't always the best option. Sometimes better tactics make the difference in in victory. Here is a powerful combo that uh, can turn the tide in your favor, or just give you a safety blanket against potential threats. The core of this combo is two potential spells, plant growth and sickening radiance, that serve two very different purposes. Together, however, they become a laser grinder for a single big bad or many minions.
2: (laughs) How does that work? Well... Plant growth allows the cancer to fill a 100-foot radius with thick and overgrown plants. This makes movement very difficult, costing 4 feet of movement for every foot it moves. Looking at the 30-foot uh, standard movement, well, they're basically only going to be moving 5 feet or 1 squared. Oh, no. That is not much movement. <laughs> An enemy can't reach you to do damage unless they specialize in ranged combat. In either case, the spells are already detrimental in combat. And it does not require concentration. And here's how we make it way worse. Bring in the sickening radiance.
0: If you don't know, sickening radiance allows the caster to cause a burst of light to spread in a 30-foot sphere Radius Sphere, centered on a point within range. Guess where that point is. (laughs) As you can imagine, casting a spell that forces a constitution save that deals 40-10 lightning damage on a creature that can pretty much only move 5 feet per turn is going to be devastating. But it does get even worse. Failing the saving throw also adds one level of exhaustion to the creature. So not only is each level devastating but they are not not only is each level devastating but if they can't escape by turn 6 they just die <laughs> doesn't matter how much health they have um this spell does not require concentration in last 10 minutes so have fun pissing off your gm it,
2: with this one it does require concentration
0: which one Let's uh, second thing the right against are you sure yeah well, now I'm devastated because I was certain it didn't. But anyway, it doesn't change that this is awesome. So uh, don't be res- surprised if they use it against you later down the road.
2: But it's so distro- bad combo. Oh, the,
0: does the overgrowth... Does the, overgrow- does the uh, plant growth not require concentration?
2: That's what you said. You said the other one did, so... Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, anyways, what do you guys think? You're a dick.
2: <clears throat> and there's other... Spells again, work work just fine. I from sickening radiance, but yeah,
0: and it's well, the fun... ex- the goal is the exhaustion, right? Yeah, and it's a level four, four spell, so so you can get it relatively <laughs> early. This is like Magic: The Gathering with sliver decks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. This, this kind of reminds me of the old trick of uh, casting spike growth, then grappling somebody, then dragging them through it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice.
2: <laughs> because they take damage every five feet they move through the spike growth, mm-hmm. and force movement counts for that. So, running it out in a circle on oh, the spike growth. Oh, goodness.
0: That is <laughs> devastating. Yes. We are terrible, terrible people. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yep. Honestly, I would love it if my players would pull something like this off. It does take a bit of teamwork. Um, though there are ways to get access to both of these, I'd imagine. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Sickening radiance. That'll, that'll, that'll screw you up. Uh, you guys got anything to add to this?
1: It's gonna hurt somebody a lot. <laughs> I
0: like <luck> a lot. <laughs>
1: All right, uh. Is it just spike growth over top of the plant growth?
0: Uh, I don't see why not. But spike growth's got a much smaller area, but you would have to center it on the character. But I don't see why you wouldn't. That's certainly uh, a lot of different uh, uh, <laughs> effects on a group of enemies, oh, which yeah. is great. So uh, Garwin <laughs> says, works even better if the barbarian and fighter are positioned on either side of the guy and is forced to move through um, something. Just push them back and forth so they can't get away. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> <laughs> like a ping pong ball. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Dick Don't a be a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude... By
1: being a dick. By
0: not using laser grinder.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all righty. What a, a really uh, a great episode. I really enjoyed our Iron Kingdoms topic. Yep. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed all the Unearthed Tips and Tricks. Um, as always, we have fun fat loots to give away. Um, this week we are giving away Unearthed Adventures Volume 3 by... This is a Crit Academy. That's us. That's Those guys us. Are dicks. So if you don't know... <laughs> Those guys are
1: assholes. Why do I support
0: <laughs> So fun, fast, and frivolous. Each of these adventures uh, provide you, uh, provides everything you need to play a one-shot games of d d with little to zero prep. You get six fully fleshed out adventures that are formatted to jam right into your game. Plus, the tools you need to easily tweak them if you want to make them your own, which is great. Always. With 5th edition rule sets readily available online, you can use this module to play with all your friends around the world with minimum prep or even purchasing power, I guess. Yep. (laughs) Who is our winner today, Brandon? LionStorm13. That's so awesome of a name.
1: happens if they didn't win brandon Oh uh, well that's too fucking bad isn't it <laughs> <laughs> you can go to critic dot uh and you can follow us uh, there on all of our social media and uh, as long as you're you know subscribed to us you get a chance to get your name pulled and you can get free shit yes um we have a very
0: special giveaway coming up very soon
1: <gasps> let me guess um, does it have anything to do with
0: our releasing product an adventure
1: an extraordinary, How about an
0: extraordinary expedition. An
1: extraordinary it does,
0: and it might even be. Let's get physical, physical. A physical copy. Yes, come and what join us fuck? next week. Uh, watch us live, uh, and on the week uh, or the Sunday of May eighth, uh, we will be picking a winner from the live chat to the live to chat. ship a complimentary physical copy of our book that releases on. May 13th. Made extraordinary that, let's expeditions. make
1: that clear. Live chat. Yeah. You have to be there to get it. Yep. Yep. All right.
0: Uh, that'll do it. If you enjoyed the show um, and you want to support us, please visit criticademy.com, follow us on social media, and leave us a review. Um, if you really wanna uh even go and be above and beyond, consider becoming a Patreon. Um all the, the, the money that we raise in Patreon is what helps keep all this stuff running and allows us to get better equipment. I just replaced his uh mic, we got a new camera and we have some fun stuff coming up. Go beyond. And we need we need uh uh we need support for our small business to do that. We so, need support to look better. Yeah, we all look like trash, gonna be honest. Thanks, guy for <laughs> My hair's like falling out, so I got to keep wearing a hat which looks like trash. So
1: my hair's falling out because of this fucking show,
0: probably. (laughs) Uh, All right, with that, uh, I think we're ready to shoot out of here. That's funny. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes.